Can We Have It All? A business and lifestyle podcast for content creators and entrepreneurs. Real insights, help and conversations to inspire you to do what you truly want to. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Thanks, Holly. Nice to see you. (laughs) Nice to see you. And I was going to start with asking you how you are, but being that we've just spent 40 minutes... (laughs) 40 minutes, Holly. 40 minutes. 40 minutes chatting and trying to work out how to negotiate the technical side of this episode. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a technical toad when it comes to Max. That's, that's for sure. No, and I am. And actually, it's quite funny because for two people who work predominantly online, I think we're both a bit technophobe. Like, I, I, I'm not into it. <laughs> I can navigate my phone really easily. But as soon as I get onto a laptop, I yeah. just, uh, yeah. I yeah. melt down. Me too. So I do genuinely care how you are, but I'm not going to ask you right now because I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. For anyone else who's bothered. <laughs> good. And we're glad to hear it. So what I thought I'd do is and I, I've been starting these last few episodes with a little um, icebreaker um, called Five... Oh, th- not, it's not going to be tell me something funny about yourself, is it? Because that'll send me into a spin. no. Tell- but oh, now I wish it was. I'm going to add that to the. That's my quick fire at the end. Well, tell me a joke. Tell me something that'll make me laugh. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry. You're not going to be put on the spot quite that badly. But I have been asking everyone the five things they wish they stockpiled before lockdown. Ah, okay. Um, what well, we were. I have to say, we were pretty good at working it out. Anyway, top one that comes to mind is flour. We've been yeah. doing so much baking. Yeah. It, I really, really wish we'd stockpiled some plain flour. Self-raising, we've got loads of, but plain flour. Um, earplugs, because my children are making a lot of noise. More wine, because yeah. uh, we seem to be getting through that. Um, do you know what? That's probably about it. My my, need, my needs are, are quite small. I feel like that says a lot about your lockdown experience that it's flour earplugs and wine yeah yeah yeah. and I'm really with that I'm really with that I like it I actually ended up through our mutual friend Jess has um she has a flour guy and I now have an eight kilo bag in the kitchen yeah she hooked me up with that contact last week so Uh, yeah I know it's amazing so we are baking away like every day at the minute which is not great for the slimming world but it's great for um you just got to do it you've got to do it you, and 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 it's and it's a great thing to do with the kids as well isn't it it's yeah. a lesson it's yeah. economics absolutely but i have learned that i, I if, if you've asked me this question before lockdown i probably would have said very different things but i think i've kind of realized that i don't need the stuff you know the the things i've not worn makeup for a while i've yep. not you know, all those things that, that I used to do all of the time, um, I just don't do anymore. And they're less down the list. Well, and also I want to say, like reflecting on me and you right now, in that some of my um, other guests have said that they wish they stockpiled condoms. So <gasps> I know. So like people are having sex and stuff during lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're using a condom. Otherwise, there's going to be loads of babies, aren't there? I know. In, in- time I know so yeah again that probably is a reflection on our the state of our life right now (laughs) (laughs) right fab so Katie I know that most people listening to this podcast will know who you are but for those of them out there that don't can you just give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you do 
Well, I, I, I don't think that you can presume that anybody knows you. I, I often look at kind of like overlaps on accounts and, you know, there's, there's very little sometimes I would say, even for interiors accounts like mine. Mm. Um, but anyway, I'm Katie. I live in Leeds. So I'm a fellow northerner. Um, I am a dentist by day um, and an interiors blogger, Instagrammer. I don't blog as much as I would like to just because of time. Uh, by night, I would say. Um, I uh, have got four children and they range between 10 and four uh, and that's pretty much it I like wine and baking and silence (laughs) well and you're so you are really the epitome of busy mum really busy person but busy mum you know you're doing lots you've got a lot of plates to spin Um, and I love that you used to call yourself I don't know if you do anymore but um, wasn't it the accidental instagrammer yeah I still I still do I still feel accidental you know I still feel like I don't know how I ended up here Um, because it wasn't, it wasn't something that I ever thought that I would be doing. Um, I used to think that Instagram was literally just for, for filtering your photos. I didn't, I didn't realize just how much it had to offer. Yeah. And the only reason I I, I opened an account in the first place, I mean, I only opened my account about three and a half years ago, um, was to have to nose at other people's houses, you know, to, and to get some inspiration. I didn't ever think that I would start posting things. Um, but yeah, very, very accidentally turned up here. And I think that's probably a good point to let the audience know how we met because we we met through Instagram. <gasps> Do you know what? We totally did. Yeah, and we met because it wasn't because of the, you know, Instagram as a job world or or anything that I was doing. It was through purely nosing at your house because you just started this account and you were selling that little marble... Um, side table do you remember and you selling it I just said does anybody want well yeah exactly yeah sorry you were saying yeah you had it up for you just said if anybody wants it first person who replies and I'd been following you and and your house renovations and we were renovating ours at the time and I just said oh yeah I'll take it and then within a day me me and the entire family were like knocking on your door standing in a pile of rubble outside my house yeah and and I went there's marble out there if you want to take that that's what I mean Honestly, we were like, we were looking at the car, seeing how much we could fit in our um, boot. And, but also you invited us in. You invited us in. Yeah. Because, well, so I turned out to be a good one. I was doing the typical me of that sort of like, hi, nice to meet you. And then looking over your shoulder, trying to see like the renovation for itself. And then um, my Kiwi was at the end of the drive with Flo at the time, because I didn't have Rudy then. And, um, and he was sort of hovering and you were like, come in, let me show you. And then your poor hubby was like on the floor scrubbing parquet tiles, I think, at that point, parquet flooring. And was just looked and sort of rolled his eyes as you like wistfully I'll welcomed us in. Holly, you know me. Any, anyone gets a cup of tea. In fact, you probably wouldn't have got a cup of tea because there probably wasn't even any electrics at that point. But No, no. And um, so I was very privileged to have, I think, probably one of the first tours of peach palace before was it it nearly finished no uh no you'd had the kitchen was done and you were working on the hallway at that point um the bedrooms were sort of half done and you were halfway through your main bathroom oh I tell you what it was a long slog like like I I don't often go back there it's a bit like childbirth I think renovating a house you know you you live through it and there's 
dust everywhere and everything is chaos and you say I'm never going to do this again ever <laughs> and then it ends and then you look for another project and you forget and you get broody again yeah yeah but I love that and I, I think that's kind of one thing I always remember about us meeting in that way is that I do love the platform of Instagram for that like where else would you connect with somebody and they invite you into their home and then you become sort of friends and I just thought it was amazing so I love that that's like our story it is brilliant it's it's also a bit weird you know the the whole of the platform is weird I remember when I first started my account and none of my friends like as in like none of my my established friends at that point my real friends I don't know my real friends (laughs) no I know what you mean real life friends Um, they could they didn't get it at all Mm. and it was a real kind of um a a real barrier actually I would say they they couldn't understand why I was posting pictures of my house and talking to strangers and and they totally get it now they totally they they totally understand but it took me a while to explain to them what I was doing and and why I was doing it Um, because you know posting pictures of your lounge and your bedroom online is weird and and what absolutely and I think now again I think you were sort of I don't know if you were one of the first but I feel like you were at that sort of beginning of maybe the interiors boom because now I think everybody's quite used to sort of looking on Instagram for a bit of interior inspo but back when you were posting it kind of wasn't really like that was it It, it... there wasn't many there wasn't many there were some amazing accounts but there weren't there weren't that many and we all kind of knew each other um and over the course of the the years it's it's really grown and the interiors Instagram community is wonderful I have to say it's a really nice close tight-knit friendly community yeah and I've met some amazing people through it absolutely amazing people and and I've had loads of opportunities and do you see yourself as an influencer in inverted comments commas you know do is that you obviously didn't set out to be one did you like we said earlier this sort of accidental instagrammer but do you see yourself as an influencer now um if you'd have asked me that a few months ago I probably would have said no but I mean yes and I want to say unfortunately and I don't know why unfortunately always follows the word influencer is just such an icky name it's just such an icky word it would because it basically implies that I am trying I'm trying to change people's view I'm trying to influence people and or it's almost a little bit manipulative but ultimately that's what what it is it's either that or an advertiser isn't it and yeah you know you're nothing more than a glorified seller really I would say um so I don't particularly like the 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 phrase but yes I guess I guess I am one now I don't like the the phrase either and I think it's kind of this term that's been coined because you know the advertising standards agency didn't really know what to do with these people that were popping up and creating amazing content and you know engaging with an audience in a way that they hadn't really seen before and they didn't know how to categorize us and they didn't know where to put people and it wasn't you know a standard advertising campaign it wasn't a piece of journalistic writing it wasn't a magazine ad and they kind of coined this term everything because it's everything you're doing all of those jobs yeah and you're putting it out onto your platform. We, we we do everything, so it's very very difficult to 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 find a word for it, I guess. And I can't think of a better one. So well, that's know, it. I, one, then... Yeah, I I agree with you, and I think it's just the way that people perceive it. And I I always think that the term influencer gets lumped in with the kind of um, Love Island kind of um, 
you know, contestants who walk out with a million followers and suddenly have this like audience and then they sell, sell, sell any product for as long as they can. And I think I think that's where there's that weird kind of crossover where people sometimes have that in their head when they hear the term influencer rather than... I completely agree, completely agree. And, you know, 99.9% of us are doing a really good job of being um, uh, really transparent and and doing everything very ethically. Mm. Uh, and there's a very small amount of people that don't, that make it incredibly hard and, and again, a bit icky, you know, a bit like, oh, I don't like that because... She, he or she is selling something that that doesn't feel right but the majority of us pick our jobs very 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 carefully I would mm. say I mean do, do you I yeah and down a lot um absolutely and uh, I think it's got to be genuine isn't it yeah um I I was offered not long ago um a very very uh highly paid job for uh a sugary drink you know, and it, it it was kind of three times more than what I would normally get paid. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm a dentist. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to take that. I love that. I can just imagine you on like the cover with this <laughs> teeth shining. The thing is, though, I get it. You know, yeah. if that amount of money is dangled in front of you. Yeah. It, and it's very very easy to say yes, isn't it? Yeah, so, it is. I mean, I I I forever get um. <laughs> it says a lot about the standard of of my content perhaps but um, I often get approached by um like female bingo or e-cigarettes or you know I say often I used to a lot when I was starting out and and actually your example I I got approached by really amazing and very well-known sweet company a northern sweet company and again a paid campaign and it would have been so much fun but I hate sweets and I don't eat them And anyone who knows me kind of knows that. I love chocolate. I love whatever. And I just thought, I can't just do it because, you know. I would have struggled not to take the sweets, even even with all my morals, just because I love sweets. Never drink sweet drinks. um, But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for a sweet. My hubby was telling me to go for it. He was like, well, I'll do it. I'll I'll eat them. (laughs) And I just, it just doesn't feel right. But anyway, I think think you're right. I think the majority of people doing kind of what – you know, we're doing what you're doing, it, you know, it is important to pick carefully and pick and choose yeah. the right and work. I, I think if I ever open an email and the first thing that I think is, oh, you know, that kind of, oh, then you know, you, you yeah. always say no. Yeah. You, know, you cannot justify it to yourself. If your gut feeling, you know, your snap feeling when you open that email is, you know, that, that then never do it, never, ever do it. And I always say, Katie, I don't know whether you agree that it's, it's a long game, isn't it? If you want to create something and build something, what you're, the decisions you're making now might come and bite you in the bum in a year's time or two years time. And I, I know a lot of people in this industry that have said yes to campaigns, you know, that weren't quite right and are still suffering from it now because other brands might not want to work with them because it's not on brand or you know and I think it is a big picture thing isn't it absolutely the same with work with with, with picking any kind of brand really because you are if if you're going to work well um you know if you work with say a bathroom brand um you're basically knocking yourself out of the game for any other bathroom brand for for a, a long time mm. so you know it's very it's very important that that you pick the right ones yeah because that, that's it for the long haul, really. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, if I'd said yes to the sort of e-cig 
bingo type content (laughs) I might not get you know some of the nice brands that I get to work with now I can just see you with your e-cig and your bingo card though (laughs) like a bit bingo though Holly oh you know legs 11 and all that (laughs) (laughs) um so taking a step back a, a bit then from there um so how did you make that move from or how did it happen that you went from just taking pictures of your house to working with brands um well first of all, I never set out to do it. And I think that that um, is often the success of accounts and people, you know, if if you if you go into it thinking, right, okay, I'd like to make a career out of this, I'd like to, I I think I think it's very, very difficult. I think you have to build a really, really unique, um, engaged audience first doing something that you really love. Mm -hmm. And I started posting photos and really loved it. Um, I started engaging with people who were posting the same kind of stuff as me because I really loved them. You know, when you build those relationships and before I knew it, I probably had about about 20,000 followers. And maybe, Holly, that's because it was back in the day when it was it was easier to 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 grow. Mm. I always say that if I started my account tomorrow, I wouldn't be in the same position that I am now. Mm. Um so it was it was around about 20,000 followers, I would say, that that I started to get um, offers of gifts, actually. Yeah. So, and it was like winning the lottery, mm. you know, it was so lovely. And it was I felt so honoured that that a, a, a brand would want to work with me and gift me stuff. And I'm a bit more sceptical about gifts now. I'm not yeah. sceptical but I just don't think it, I don't think that that works as well anymore and I think that if I was advising even even much 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 smaller accounts I don't necessarily think that gifting is the way forward I think that it gives a false sense of um value to a to a brand um but that's how it started for me and I remember it was um an electrical company that that offered to um gift me some some nice items and it was like Christmas yeah and I think that as soon as that starts happening and I think that other brands will then see that you're working with brands and it has a kind of ripple effect and you become the person that people want to work with um and I think that it takes a while to actually get paid for it Mm, yeah Um, and there is absolutely no uh rules are there and I, I I really really struggled with that yeah I remember thinking, I remember being asked for a rate card and thinking, A, what's a rate card? Yeah. And B, what on earth do I put on it? Um, I don't want to undersell myself, but I don't want to oversell myself. And and there's also not that many people who are willing to um, to advise you as, you know, money. I, I, I wrote a blog post about the truth about being an influencer. And one of the things that I said is it's a bit like Fight Club. You know, nobody talks about that. The, the money side of it is like Fight Club. Um, nobody talks about um, how much you should charge and how much other people are charging. And I think that that needs to change. I think that we all you know, need to unite together and work out what people are getting paid just so that just so that people don't get taken advantage of, I would say. I think that's absolutely right. And I think, you know, we you know, we've built a friendship, you know, um, kind of alongside what we both do. We're in a shared industry, but I'm slightly different because my background's blogging and the sort of Instagram side was never really a kind of income stream for me until fairly recently whereas I've been working you know earning money from my blog for eight nine years and it is quite different and I feel like Instagram kind of came up really quickly brands kind of spotted this opportunity and didn't know how to do it we didn't know how to kind of manage it 
And like you said, I think a lot of people are scared. They don't know what they should be charging. And then a lot of people are earning money from it and want to keep that to themselves. They don't want to share that information. They don't want to help. Whereas I'm always one for, I think knowledge is power. Like the more we talk about that within our industry, the better position we're all going to be in. Because if we should be setting the kind of industry standards, really, as opposed to letting some brand CEO up in an office somewhere who's never created an Instagram post in their life kind of decide what it's worth paying us. Do you agree? Absolutely. Like wholeheartedly agree. I think that we all need to come together and be a little bit more transparent about it. I understand. I understand the feelings behind it. I understand that it's a business and, you know, you don't want, um, you don't want to give too much away. You know, if you ask how much I earned being a dentist, you know, you, you don't ask people yeah. what what their salaries are, but it's not it's not about that. And I think that if you um if you if you aren't honest and open, somebody will just come in and not value themselves, and then then they'll naturally get the work anyway because mm-hmm. they're under almost undercutting you if you see mm-hmm. if you see what I mean. So. I think that I think we should talk about it more, and I think that we should come together more. But it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's a tr- like pay is a is a is a tricky subject, and and it, it, it's difficult to become open about that. Yeah, people feel very differently. I, I think it's more just in the sense that I guess with most other industries, you could do your research. You know, I guess even with dentistry, you could quite easily work out how much other dentists are charging for x treatment and you know how much business rates are on a building in Leeds or whatever it might be and I think again in the advertising agency you could you know how much an you know a slot is in a magazine if you phone up or how much a billboard might be you can find out that information but, but I think but agencies should know that as well, I think. Yeah. And I think that, you know, an, an agency will send out an email, won't they, to, to 10 different people saying, can I have your rates? And, you know, and, and, and really, I think that that needs to change. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that agencies know better than that. You know, they have a budget that, that this campaign is going to is, is going to take up. And and I think that they should be passing passing that to the influencer yeah, rather than yeah. you know, sending sending something out and hoping that someone's going to come in under budget yeah um, or f- or fitting you know 10 people in for the price of two sort of thing yeah. and compromising yeah. the whole campaign really no I've, I've got a feeling that might all change like, relatively soon though I think that I think brand I think historically brands didn't know much about social media yeah. you know and I think it was you, you you handed it over to an agency because you know someone else can run that because that's new and we don't know about that and I think that brands are becoming a lot more savvy as to as to how to run it and I always say to any brand that I speak to if ever I'm giving them advice if you handle your your brands whether they're big or small handle it yourself mm. because nobody will care as much about it as you do absolutely uh, and I, I think a lot of a lot of brands are moving in-house with that sort of influencer yeah. outreach aren't they and I think you know it's it's better all around it's better for us as the creator because you're not having that message filtered through a third party are you uh, the, you know, the, the amount of times it gets diluted mm-hmm. and the amount of people that take a cut each time you know it's mm-hmm. it's it, it's crackers yeah um so if we talk a little bit about the fact that you're a dentist I reckon there's lots <laughs> of people that don't know that about you um and will be quite surprised when they see you know you have how many followers do you have on Instagram now Katie uh, 190,000 oh my god goodness so nearly at the 200k that's amazing terrifying really terrifying 
the pressure, just, just the pressure, like a, a massive amount of pressure. I, I, um, and I've spoken to you about this personally before, haven't mm. I, Holly? About you know, everybody wants to grow, everybody wants more followers, more, 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 and actually, it's it, it, it it's it's not it's not what it's made out to be you know the 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 pressure on you to be everything to everyone um is is much is much harder when there's more people looking you know you you you've got more people that are going to troll you you've got more people that feel like they can you know take a a, a poke at you um yeah it's it it's hard i i loved my account when i was on about 30,000 followers which was you know which is still a lot mm. a heck they're all lined up outside your front door it's a heck of a lot it's a stadium isn't it it's a football stadium I remember Amy the star rock saying to me and I think that she got around 15,000 followers at the time and she'd gone to watch something at um uh first direct arena in Leeds and she you know she she was really worrying about about her account you know not worrying about her account but she was saying you know she didn't think that 15,000 people followers was a lot and Mm. she said you know she looked around and went it's half this half this stadium yeah um, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely absolutely crazy. It's madness, and and like you say, we have talked about this. And there is, you know, as somebody who runs a much smaller kind of Instagram account, there's pros and cons in it. Because sometimes I think I'd love, you know, I'd love to get to 10k. Yes, I'd love to have the swipe up, and I'd love more people to follow and be listening to what I have to say, and, and blah blah blah. But actually, there is sometimes where I think I am glad that I've only got this smaller amount to kind of manage and to talk to and engage with like I can't imagine the amount of messages you must get every day the dms the comments and it, it's it is a lot of pressure to keep up with I, that I think that the, the dms are the thing that upsets me the most yeah. because if somebody has taken the time out of their day to to write you a personal message and you know I've got loads sitting in my request box that I just physically can't answer Mm. and I try and read as much as I possibly can but if I was to answer everything and do everything I would be sat on my phone for for 24 hours a day you know it's it's I have to let I have to let things go yeah Uh, and I could employ somebody to do it but then it's not me yeah I've always found that weird I know a bit weird yeah I know people who do that or people who employ someone to you know grow their account and go around and liking and commenting on people's posts and I just I've never it just doesn't feel right to me I don't know like that it's not for me for right certainly not right now I I think that I think it just doesn't it doesn't feel right at all but you know I, I understand why some people do it I really do. But I, I think what you're really good at, and actually you got a name check in um, one of my previous episodes with Jess as somebody that, you know, inspired her. Because I think what is really great about you, Katie, is that you're very, you're you and you're, you are yourself. And I think for me, as a follower of you, aside from like being a friend, when you started to dabble with Insta stories, that was the game changer for me. Because I remember when I met you, trying to get a photo of you to actually get your face onto Instagram was impossible. You definitely didn't want to speak. You didn't want to be in a video. And I had to get this selfie of you and post it on my account. And you hated that idea. Oh, you see, I'm I'm talking to you with the biggest like cheesy grin on my face now because I totally remember it. Um, and... And and I remember that feeling. I just remember that feeling of it, it, 
it, it always felt fine to post my sofa at my house because yeah. I could kind of totally, totally hide behind it. Um, but the thought of putting myself out there, the thought of putting my my face on on the grid or my my body or any, you know anything about me on the grid was um I was just so so strange and the thought of talking on stories you know yeah. I, I mean I still feel like a prize dickhead <laughs> when I do it like, I totally do but I love it and that's what like people engage with they love seeing that person behind the grid I think I, it's really difficult to get that balance between between that though and between thinking you want people to look at you you know it's kind of oh, look at me I'm taught you know oh, look at what I'm doing look at look at what I've got um I, I I struggle with I struggle with that you mm. know it's it's Instagram can be very very show-offy mm. uh, and very unreal mm. my, my my favorite posts that I do are the ones where there is a story behind it or you know the the, the insta sham behind it the the reality behind how I actually live and 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 what and what I put up because Ultimately, my house is a shithole ninety eight percent of the time. You know, it really I've got, is, by the way. <laughs> yeah, four, four, That's why I love you so much more. <laughs> four kids, a dog. Um, it's incredibly hard to keep on top of. And if anybody is looking at my account thinking, "How does she do it?" I don't, and I don't want people to think that I do. Mm-hmm. No, but it's a bit like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to put my mess on camera because that's not how I started the account. Yeah. I started the account to get for for. Well, I I started Instagram for me to be able to look for inspiration. So if yeah. I can help people with that, then great. Um, but I'm happy to. I'm happy to put behind the scenes stuff on because because I I don't live like that. Well, and you know, and I I'm very rude. Your house is not a shithole, but I have to say that it does make me feel a lot better when I walk in and I see that you're a busy person that you haven't got time to put the laundry away straight away or you know, there's still some shopping bags on the side, you know, because because you're working and the kids are running around and the dog's barking and and I love that and I can still look and see what you've created in this beautiful house that you've built with your family and appreciate that but I personally love that insight into the real you and I think that's why when you started on stories I don't know if you know whether that corresponded with like a growth in followers or or whatever but from a consumer point of view I loved I love that about you well stories weren't even a thing when I started Mm. I don't even think that you could I don't even think stories existed Um, I think they were a very, very, very new thing. Um, and there was this whole, you know, this buzz kind of, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with those dots along the top? And actually, they've become way more popular. And some people don't even go onto a grid post anymore, do they? You know, no. they, they, and I would say that that when I open up my Instagram in the morning, I look at stories before I'd scroll down the, the grid. Now, and, I, and I miss so much anyway, because of the algorithm, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, by the way. I think that everybody disses the algorithm and I think that it's there. Um, and it, and it, and it helps actually, because you wouldn't, I follow 3000 people and I probably wouldn't see the people that I want to see if I, if it wasn't for the algorithm, I think they'd be lost in, in other stuff. Um, but I, I open up stories now and, and look at stories and, and, I, I mostly on silent I would say do you do you listen to yours on silent mostly on silent and this is why I try to use captions all the time I got told off yesterday for not using them because someone was watching me on silent but I do try and um 
put captions on all my stories because I think most people are watching on silent while they're doing something or they're in bed you know the well, hubby's they're asleep pretending, they're pretending to their family that they're not on Instagram yeah exactly exactly <laughs> which is what I do yeah what's doing mum working oh, <laughs> replying uh, to some yeah, emails so- <laughs> I, I I completely agree, but I'm not I'm not sure whether people realise how much time goes into all of that. Mm. Um, you know, if you've got if you if if I'm captioning four stories, you know, it's going to take 10, 15 minutes to do that, which doesn't sound like a lot, but those stories get tapped through pretty quickly. You know, the, everything's consumed so quickly, isn't it? Yeah. And the work that you put into into stories, off, you know, it just it just it just flies by, and I don't think anybody realizes. I it, the, the 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 kind of um, the thing that clinched it for me was I've, I've been doing a few recipes recently, like I'm yeah. just basically dicking about with my my kids and and filming it, and the work that went into editing all of that together and then putting all the ingredients up and you know it was taking me like two hours to upload one recipe and I just thought wow there are accounts that are doing this day in day out for nothing free but for everybody yeah and we all just expect it don't we we all just expect this amazing content um to be at our fingertips and, and spend forked on a magazine but you know, we'll all just consume all of this content really quickly. And then if you don't like it, you just swipe by it, you know. It's I kind know. Of- and that's what, and actually, and that's what I would say, because I think, I don't know about you, actually, yours, your followers are probably much more a mix maybe of, you know, kind of Instagram users that are not content creators and then content creators. I've got a lot of content creators that follow me. So I feel like my audience know when they see the work I've put in and so they will like give it a like or a comment because they understand that that really helps. But I think there are so many people that use Instagram obviously uh, as a just a fun kind of hobbyist tool and they don't necessarily realise that if they like something, like please double tap it, like please say that you like it because it makes such a difference to us, doesn't it? And, you know, even just personally, but also commercially, you know, that like could be the difference between a brand taking you seriously at some point and the amount and, of work that goes into it. And it's such a little thing to do. Yeah. You know, but it's such a tiny thing. You know, you if I, I try and like pretty much everything on my feed as I as I as I scroll. Yeah, up. me too. Um, just because I think that I follow you, I like you. Um, you know, why, why would I not just double, double tap on it? I, I think, I think people think that, that it's literally point and shoot, you know, you, mm. you, and it's for some people, you know, it's some people's accounts are like that. But if I, if I'm doing a campaign or if I'm doing an, an ad, the amount of, of thought and work that goes into that and I'm not, you know, I'm not getting my violin out. I'll get paid for it to work, you know. Yeah. It's just the same as I'm, I'm not moaning about going to work as a dentist. Mm. Managed to skirt over, by the way. <laughs> we're, we're coming back to that. <laughs> you know, it, it, but but it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot more than than anybody thinks. And I, I think only the people that have done it realise. I would say. Yeah, and I think that does kind of like bring me on to. We will talk about the dentistry side because. Mm you are juggling lots of things. And so, you know, it isn't a case of point and shoot for your Instagram content or for your brand work. You do run a dentist um, salon? What's a a dentist? Dental practice. Dental practice, that's it. Yeah, yeah, dental practice. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, it's a dental salon. Do you know what? Lockdown has really melted my brain cells. I was thinking then, what, dental, dental 
I'd like to be going to a salon every day. Great. In fact, I've never needed a salon more than right now. I look, embrace the curls. I love it. I was, it's not the curls, it's the grey, which I just, obviously, I've just been hiding for years. I just didn't realise. Well, this was um, the wrong time for me to go back blonde. Look at those roots. You know oh. what? Oh, I don't mind a root. Mm. I, I, roots do not bother me at all, like as as in dark roots. Yeah, yeah. Please do. The greys bother me. Oh, go on. So, so, so dental practice, you know, Instagram content that's your kind of genuine day-to-day stuff, then the Instagram brand work, then four kids, a dog, a renovation, you know, ongoing, you've got a new place that we'll talk about in a little in a little bit but how do you genuinely juggle it so what does a day look like for you um so I I, I generally spend the beginning of the week doing Instagram stuff and the end of the week doing dentistry and it it sounds I think everybody always looks busier than they actually are I think it's really easy to look at other people and go wow how are they doing that how are they and actually it's all it's all fine um, my kids are mostly at school, so although the, you know this, a school day is not very long mm. at all. Um, so I have a couple of days to myself to to work on content and to work on brand stuff on a Monday and a Tuesday, um, and then the dentistry is just it's just what I it's just what I've done for the past twenty years. Mm. No, it's it's easy. It's I can do it standing on my head. You know, it just. Yeah. It, it just comes really, really easily, um, and I and I enjoy it. It's it's different, and I've chosen this. You know, mm-hmm. I've chosen to to be as, as busy as I am, and I think that you know, going back to saying that you look at people and think that they're busy and they're doing an amazing job. I I, I don't think you can have everything. I don't think that you can do everything. I think that if you're excelling in one thing, you're basically not in another um you know one part of your life is going well it naturally means that another bit is going to drop off slightly and I don't want to say screwing it up because I don't think I'm screwing anything up but I could be a better x I could be a better Mm. y be a better z you know I think that I think that that there's all there's always room for improvement isn't there but right now I've got I've got a a nice a nice-ish balance I would say well that's good and and it's that was a really great kind of link to you know what this podcast is all about and it is that kind of perpetual question that I think so many people ask and it is can we have it all and no 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 yeah I think I'm with you on that you know if you've got one thing riding high at that time something else will have to give and I think that's absolutely normal absolutely okay as well and I think as long as you are kind of happy in where you're at at that point, then that's fine. And it's it's kind of let, letting go of that pressure, expectation and guilt. I think those are the three things that often people suffer from. And particularly, I think, mums, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what gives for you? What What's the thing that you sacrifice? I think for me, it's probably the growth of my business. I think, you know, I since I've had kids my I've been very very kind of conscious to not lose that time with them and I think if I had maybe put them into nursery earlier or put them in for more days I probably could have accelerated my business a bit quicker and I do think about that a lot but right now I'm kind of happy with that decision because for me I feel like I've got what I wanted out of going freelance and leaving my nine to five, which was that kind of more time with my family, basically. So 
yeah maybe I could be earning a bit more or maybe I could have a few more followers on Instagram but you know wasn't right at the time was it and we all make decisions based on what feels right at, at, at that particular time and you can't you can't go back um I'd say that the one thing that gives to me is is me mm. <clears throat> I would say that for the past well since I've had kids over the past 10 years all I've been doing is is stuff for other people you know mm. I've been working sorting them out my um you know my fit my fitness has suffered you know just just how I treat myself and how kind I am to myself and actually lockdown's been great for that because I've had my husband around and I've had a little bit more time to spend on on me you've been uh, running yeah so it's amazing I've just started to be a bit kinder to myself and just look after myself a little bit more and that and that feels really nice so hopefully that's one thing that 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 won't change or I'll try and add that in as well but yeah I think that's a really important thing and I think there'll there'll be a lot of mums or mums to be listening to this and I think hearing that will be a massive reassurance because I think lots of us do just naturally put ourselves to the bottom of the list and it is a con I know for me you know this time last year a few months you know, a year and a bit ago it was a massive decision for me to put my fitness first and you know and actually start to work out again and you know I got a PT and that was a big it was a big like it sounds ridiculous but it was a big management of time like working out it's when huge. I could fit that in it's huge yeah um, you know, and it's about and it's about prioritizing yourself, isn't it? You know, mm. just just making yourself a priority, um, and it and it is incredible that when your body feels like it can do more, your brain feels like it can do more as well. Yeah. And it's not about the way that you look. It's not about oh well for me for me it's not. No. Um, it's 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 just it's just about about working better. Yeah, and how you feel, isn't it? If like physically feel um as well as mentally yeah I mean six, six seven weeks ago I, I genuinely could not have run for a bus mm. you know I, I I there's there's no there's no way that you know I'd get to the bottom of the road and go right okay well I'll, I'll, I'll walk now um and you know you think wow now you now my body can do that yeah wow. I thought it was broken I thought this 41 year old body was broken and it's not and that feels good that's been really inspiring watching your stories, actually, because I'm not. Uh, I always say, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not built for running. I'm not a natural runner. You're not desi- I'm not designed I'm, to run. <laughs> I'm not at all. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a healthy size sixteen. You know, as in yep. a, a, a you know an, an ample size sixteen. I would say, um, but any, I think anybody can run. Hmm. Anybody can run. It's just breaking through that wall, isn't it? That first bit where it's really shit and really hard. And then you get into a little bit of a stride, don't you? I mean, and I don't just mean with running. I mean, with exercise or anything kind of like that. It's just breaking through that wall. Well, it's just making it routine, isn't it? It's just building it into your life. And knowing when it's not good as well. Knowing when, like, I think I saw in your stories the other day, you were like, I'm just not feeling the big run today. I don't want to push it. I don't want to get faster today. I'm just, just coasting along today because that's what my body and my mind is telling me today yeah it didn't it didn't feel nice yeah. it didn't feel nice to be running fast I didn't feel like I wanted to challenge myself and to be honest I don't I'm, I, I don't like challenging myself mm. anyway Holly I think that I don't run on um competition I don't run you know that that just doesn't work for me I'm not a competitive person if yeah. it feels in life in general if it feels nice and if it feels right then I'll do it um but I don't I don't like challenging myself because yeah. I just don't I just don't think it's nice to lose anything. Yeah. You know, that, that feeling of and and no, nothing's a loss, you know, if you 
I, I, I was running the other day and I, you know, and, and I didn't do as well as I'd done the time before. And it's, it's not failure. Yeah. Out and you did a run. It's bloody brilliant. I love that uh, about you. You you are very you're very laid back like that, and I think um, it's kind of refreshing to hear. You know, why not be kind to yourself? Why not give yourself a pat on the back for the achievement as opposed to thinking about what you've not done? None of I I could talk about this all day, as in being kind to yourself. And I think that none of us are as kind at, to ourselves as we should be. And and I and and I often. I often describe it, well, you know, to, to, I'm just going to briefly go back to dentistry. But if I have a patient in the in the chair and, you know, they, they come in and they're nervous and they are apologizing and and that you can tell that their internal dialogue is they're, they're berating themselves for being anxious. Yeah. No, and they're going, I shouldn't feel like this. I should be better than this. You know, I, I should be braver. I should be this and I should be that. And I always say to them, just just take a breath and just imagine that you are a three or four year old child how would you speak to that three or four year old child? Mm. How would you, how would you, what, what would you tell them? Would you tell, and if they've got children, I always say, would you tell your son or your daughter that they should be better mm. and that they, you know, they, they, they should be braver and they should, you know, and, and they shouldn't be like this. You wouldn't, you would, you would say to yourself, or you'd say to them, you'd say, it's okay. Everything's going to be, I understand. I totally get it. You know, it's yeah. understandable. And th- as soon as you switch your internal dialogue in every aspect of your life, I would say, to talking to yourself like you would your four-year-old, things just change, I think. You yeah. know, it takes a load off. Because why why as adults are we are we meant to be are we meant to do all these things? You know, it's I think that's lovely. I think that's a really, really good point. And I think it's a really useful tool actually. It's a really nice way of kind of packaging up that because yeah, we we do expect a lot from ourselves. We do think that we uh, have to be able to cope with things and we have to know what's the best thing to do. Or we have to be brave or whatever, all those kind of rhetorics that we've been pos- probably brought up thinking. And actually, you know, it's okay to need reassurance. It's okay to not okay. be frightened it's okay to feel scared it's okay to feel worried and 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 as soon as we as soon as we think of those feelings as negative feelings they they escalate and they're not they're there for a reason so it's just about acknowledging that you know that they're there yeah um, and and knowing that that's okay yeah um, but yeah we we all we all it, it's take it's taken me a while to 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 work it all out but you know, if ever I get scared or if ever I get worried or nervous about anything, I talk to myself like, you know, I even I even picture myself as a young little, you know, I think, look at the pictures of myself as when I was three or four and yeah. talk to myself that way. Um, but that, you know, that that also comes from years of being a dentist and working with nervous people before yeah. seven um, and trying to work out what's what's best for them. Yeah it's a you know it's a it's a really tricky environment to work in when everybody's scared yeah I bet it is it's obviously giving you a really great way with people and a good kind of empathy I think that's really important well that's the only thing that would keep me at my job the Mm. teeth I could I could give or take you know and I'm I I can do it and that's fine but it's the people you know it's the it's the people it's 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 working with people um at that level that keeps that keep well, that gives me the joy in my job, not that keeps me at my job, but makes me want to go to work. I think that's lovely. And that's obviously, again, that runs through in your Instagram world as well, because it was always the people that got you, you know, that was what you wanted to 
why you were on the platform it's <laughs> it was the people that you were talking to and engaging with and yeah, that's obviously a thread that runs through kind of whatever you do which is lovely oh, um, <laughs> right it wouldn't feel right if I didn't at least mention so we'll quickly mention the Smurf house oh the Smurf can house can you tell us just a little bit about that well, um, we we've wanted our our dream has to be um, has been to have a place by the sea. Well, Chris desperately wants to move to the seaside, the seaside, the coast. Yeah, no, that sounds a bit more <laughs> uh, grown up than the seaside. Um, he'd lo- he'd love to live by the coast, um, and I again would love to, but don't want to give up anything else that I've got here. We've got amazing friends here. I like being in a city. Um, I like I like having everything at my fingertips and and a nice kind of um, uh, middle ground was buying a business. Mm. Um, so we bought um, a holiday let business and well, we invested in it. We basically, you know, we 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 reached down to the back of every sofa and yeah. did any account that we had <laughs> um, because it looked like a really good business venture. Uh, and then obviously no one's allowed to go on holiday anymore. <laughs> It was a terrible, terrible time. Oh, to, gosh. We literally completed a few weeks before. I lockdown. know. I have been thinking about you, bless. <laughs> Never mind. It's, it, it will all come good in the end, I'm it sure. Will. But, and we, we did this thing where we, we we walked into the house, fell in love with it, and then put our hands over our ears and went, la, 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 la. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going to really look at what is wrong with it, but we really like it. Um, so we, we, we bought it and, it, and it needs a lot of work doing to it. And I don't think we realised how much of a project it really was um and we've been talking to architects and we've just had it um surveyed and and yeah it need, it needs a lot of work and it's terrifying and exciting mm. in all measures and we'll you know hope, hopefully we'll we'll get it done obviously funding is a massive issue right yeah. now just because nobody can neither of us can work mm. um uh, but we have got big plans for it. It's going to be fun, Holly. It's going to be a really fun house. I'm already so excited. And just in case anyone's really confused, it's called the Smurf House because it's blue. It's yeah. a real, I mean, it's a proper blue. It's a beautiful blue painted completely blue. Um, but you must be so excited to get your teeth stuck into another renovation. Oh. And you've learned so much from your house, haven't you? Learned so, so, so much. Um, there are so many mistakes that I won't make. I mean, I, I, we made loads of mistakes in the renovation of this place, loads. Um, and I think that they're more, sometimes you, the mistakes are more important to talk about than the, than, than the triumphs, you know, because they're the things that you learn from, aren't they? In life in general, again. Um, but, but we won't make those mistakes. I'm sure we'll still make some, but we won't make those mistakes with, with the house in Devon. Um, and also we can take loads of risks because we're not living there as in we're not going to be living there permanently so you know the whole premise of it is that it's a it's a holiday house it's a fun house you want to go there and have loads of fun and a bit of escapism a bit of escapism so I want I want that to be the theme of the house I want the theme to be Fun house. Oh, you're too young to remember fun house. No, I'm not. I was just, literally, I was about to go fun house. Whole <laughs> lot of fun. <laughs> right. I used to love that. I used to Best really want ever. to be on it. Oh. I so wanted to be on it. Oh, I love, no, I love that. I'm literally so excited. So um, what, where do we follow the Smurf house? How, what? At, at the Smurf house. Um, and at the moment there's this big, uh, not 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 real but you know do we keep it blue do we paint it a different color apparently when it was painted blue um the village were in uproar because you know you you go down the street and that blue house stands out so whether or not 
we will keep it blue. I, I don't know. I, I want to because I think that that's that's part of its story. Yeah, exactly. It used to be a sweet shop. That's part of its story. Whoa. Oh, my God. There's some great brand collaborations there then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, there's there's loads of things that we can do. Uh, and I've just said to the architect, go wild. I've, oh. I've said there are certain things that I want. Yeah. Where I'll, I won't, I won't tell you now. I'll, 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 uh, I'll wait for the big reveal. Um, but he's done a few little sketch-ups and I've gone. <gasps> wow, that's so cool. I'm like, I've literally see. This is you can tell why me and Katie connected to start with because I've got this huge smile on my face because I am so excited for you and and to see it and for myself when I come and stay and it's absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's very and cool. It's gonna be a party house. It'll it'll be a place that you go to to party. Amazing, and we all need that in our life. Absolutely, especially after this. Oh, need that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fab. So just to kind of round off, because I feel like we could talk for hours and we have already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a few kind of quick fiery type questions. Um, what would you say is the best and worst thing about your job? And when I say job, you've obviously got a few strings to your bow, but best and worst thing about the situation now? Um, I would say that if we're talking about the the uh, influencing side of things, the best part about that has definitely been just op- just opportunity, just um, opportunity in capital letters. Yeah. Um, things that I've done that I would never ever have thought that I'd have done, places that I've been, and confidence. I feel like it's given me a bucket load of confidence. And that's amazing because I think. I think so many people that I speak to that are looking to do something a bit more creative or looking to maybe they're not happy in their job or they want to kind of leave the nine to five, they've got an idea and they don't run with it. It's because of confidence, isn't it? Yeah. And that's a bit so hard to get confidence. You know, it's so, so hard. You can't buy it. You can't, I don't think you can, I don't think you can set out to learn it. I think it it, it kind of comes with with experience different experiences I would say yeah yeah you, know, you try one thing and it's okay so then you do, you do it again and then when next time you do it you, you you do you do a bit more yeah absolutely I think that's really true and you learn from the things you do wrong as well don't you you know video and panel talk and you know do, doing that kind of thing for me is that that would have been what would have scared me the most about any kind of job talking yeah. to people and you know now on a day-to-day basis I'm talking to thousands of people yeah from inside my phone but yeah absolutely amazing um and is there anything you would do differently if you could go back now um no no I don't you know I don't I don't think I would do many things differently as far as the renovation goes there's loads of things that I would do differently can you hear my can you hear my kids in the back there I've just told my family to shut up because they were banging up upstairs I don't know if you could hear that (laughs) holy smoke the reality people (laughs) um no there's and and that that sounds a bit conceited doesn't it saying that you wouldn't do anything differently what I what I the only thing that I would do like if I was going to tell myself something so that that, that's the only thing I can think is that is that if I could go back and tell myself tell myself something I would say that you are going to be more confident and happier than you've ever been so stop worrying that yeah. you know that that kind that kind of thing I think, I think stop worrying is a big one isn't it yeah and I'm I'm not I'm lucky that I'm not a massive 
worrier anyway. Yeah. Um, there are certain things that that I worry about, but the majority of things I I I I don't. But I was never that comfortable in my own skin. I would say, not I'm not necessarily growing up, but university. You know, my 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 twenties, um, and I, I've only really just re- realised how uncomfortable I was right you know that, that kind of now I'm really comfy yeah and now, and now I'm happier than I've ever been I, you then look back and go oh so that's what that was yeah all right okay and a lot of it was to do with my body and body image I would say and you know I'd love to go back to that that kind of almost like like slim skinny little 20 year old yeah. and you'll be the happiest you've ever been in your life when you're the the fattest you've ever been the largest you've ever been Mm. go and try and put things into perspective a little bit more yeah Um, I can totally relate to that and I I think I I have the same I wish I could just go back to that 21 year old me and give her a little shake and go just just love yourself a little bit more just be happy let it go don't worry about things but um I guess that's the kind of experience and wisdom that comes with Absolutely, <laughs> which is why, which is why getting a getting older is is a joy and a privilege. Yeah. Oh, we are so lucky that we are getting older for a start. We're you know we're we're lucky that we're here and and able to experience that, and we're lucky that we have learned so much. Yeah, totally agree. Ultimately, you can't teach. You can't, you know, you can't teach a youngster. They have, they have to know it. They have to learn it. You've got to find it out yourself. Um, okay. And then finally, from a kind of more, I guess, businessy side of things, is there an app or a resource or a book that you've read that you can recommend to to us all? It depends. What if? if, if are we talking about uh, influence, uh, as in the the business of influencing? Yeah, anything, anything that just you feel like you read it or you listen to it or you use it, and it makes a difference or it's made a difference on your kind of outlook. Um, yes. So there's a, there's a couple of things. I'm a I'm a geek for numbers and stats. I'm yeah. a geek. Um, and own, like, over the past couple of years, I, I I do look into what my account's doing, and I do look into what works and and what doesn't. Yeah. And I and I, I put just as much effort into that as I do the creating side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always looking at analytics. So I'm Ninjalytics. I look at quite a lot. Um, there's an amazing. Uh, it's not a podcast. It's a um, a YouTube. Is it, is it, 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 his name's James Nord. Have I ever told you about James Nord before? No. He runs uh, for FOHR, and mm-hmm. it's an American influencing agency. But he's just spot on with everything that he says. And every week he does um, a drink with James. And I think the Americans are a little bit ahead of us as far as influencing. So he yeah. always seems a few steps ahead of the game. He's really cool. He has a whiskey um, with his with his chat every week, and every week I listen to it and learn something and go, oh, yeah. Ah. And I I think he's priceless. Fab. Well, I'll make sure I link that in the show notes, and that's a new one for me as well. And may I just add that you know we could be having cocktails right now, but it was ten a.m. when we started, so I thought perhaps yeah yeah a little risky yeah maybe a little bit too early. (laughs) I'm just putting it out there. There's not a gap. I would have said no. no same. Say no. But uh, I fear that things would have gone downhill very quickly for my day. Absolutely. And probably for the listeners as well, if we're honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And just to final, like, kind of sum up, Katie, where can we find you? Where can people discover you and, and kind of 
right now hiding in my bathroom like away from my kids <laughs> i don't mean literally <laughs> going no leave me alone go put cbb's on um, no uh, um i hang around instagram a lot uh i'm there far more than i'd like to admit um at at come down to the woods fab and, uh, you have and my blog, blog is come down to the woods.com um and you can catch the smurf house the new renovation project um at at the smurf house at, at smurf. you know what i mean <laughs> i love it well i'll link all of those in the show notes for anyone who hasn't discovered you yet i'm sure they're going to want to and i just want to say a massive thank you thank you for everything you've shared it's been so nice seeing your face and you too it's really I'm, really nice when 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 oh, i can't wait till we can see each other again i know i'm just needing i'm such a squeezer like i'm such a tactile person oh, and it's not great for huggers i know i know so i can't wait to give you a squeeze and um yeah thanks for coming on yeah lots of love holly take yeah. care Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you found something useful and inspiring, then I'd really appreciate it if you could leave me a five-star review and a rating because it really helps other people hear this podcast too. If you'd like to enter a competition for a one-to-one coaching session or a blog audit with me, then make sure you leave an email address in that review as well. And if you'd like to submit a question or a topic for discussion, then just send me an email. Find me and my business information, including how to join my growing online community of entrepreneurs and content creators over on holly-wood.co.uk or over on Instagram. All the details about how to contact me and find me and follow me are in the show notes. Thank you. Have a fab week.